0: I will say, I think um, the same kind of approach applies to how you approach striking as well. Because I know, like, with me and Dave Mazzagati, like, since we're training a lot more, he's much more of um, a traditional, but, like, pure Muay Thai. And, like, for me, I have that good blend of Muay Thai, Taekwondo, and boxing a little bit. And I know that's one thing that both of you share. And this is kind of, one of where I wanted to mention, like, uh, Master Chen. Um, it seems like both of you speak, like, in very high regards of him. Because I think, um, David Mazagazi, I think he was saying your dad worked, um, worked out with like Master Chan before, correct? Right? Like back in Thailand or when he was first coming out to the States?
1: He worked with Master, Master Chan here in Vegas.
0: Okay. That's what's um,
2: up, bro.
1: exactly sure what years that was then. I'd have to uh, ask him mm-hmm. about that. But yeah, he, he talks about Master Chan quite a bit. And my, Master uh, Toddy as well
2: so like the the kind of lin, lineage with that is um master toddy used to own a gym out here master chan was under master toddy you know so yeah. at that gym master toddy taught master chan did a lot of privacy he and your pops probably could touch it, he didn't know that much english so you had to really like become intimate with them to to kind of learn yeah. what the heck they were saying to you but
1: yeah yeah that's, you kind of do with thai people
2: Oh, one hundred percent. But they are some of the best in Vegas. I, I was saying that in the country when Master Toddy was here.
0: Yeah, and even my one of my uh, Muay Thai instructors, uh, Jason. You remember him from Fight Capital? Yeah, he's a student of Master Master Tati as well.
2: Mm-hmm. Andrada, right?
0: Yep. Yep. No, yeah, that's have my Gemma, Andra, Yep, Andrade Muay Thai, working with mm-hmm. uh, Shevchenko now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah you well, good. One dude, dude, bro. Oh yeah real great instructor like um so i want to make a quick pivot so i wanted to ask kind of each of you like a kind of personal question um i mean knowing you and knowing like your backgrounds and everything so like um i don't know who i should pick on first is there any volunteers
2: I'll go. pick on me bro yeah
0: i'll <laughs> uh, chris beat you to it i'll go chris uh, Dave so okay so chris so like now that you're a family man. It's like, how has martial arts kind of contributed contributed to your view of being like a father slash like the protector of the family? Like, is that something that martial arts has kind of brought into your life to make you build that inherent like confidence or kind of contribute towards you being like a father in any way?
3: Uh, I think I think what it did is just kind of made me a little harder on what I expect from them. <laughs> um, being as the the girls, the, my two oldest girls, they're. Uh, their training um, the little one she is still too young to really grasp it but my oldest one has been in it for in and out for a year and a half um, so whenever she learns something I bring here I'm like all right let's practice it Let's try to do something like it's not going to work let's do this um, so I, in that aspect what I expect from them is to all the train either you know for me that the, the base is the four pillars to me in my opinion is jujitsu wrestling Muay Thai and boxing, like that. At one point, the kids are all training in one of the four. Um, I feel like those are the four. If you're a modern martial artist, those are the ones that you need to be either in or starting to learn. Um, so, for in terms of that, the protector, jujitsu definitely. Um, my original coach, uh, Henry, he was one of like, uh, David must maybe have run into him in all night because I think he was still either with John Lewis, because that was one of his students before. Um, But uh, one of the things when I first started training is once you get to a blue belt, you know more than 90% of regular people out there. And then once you go beyond, it's even more and more. Um, So to me, it's just, I am never afraid of a physical altercation, but I never want to be in it. Um, So for, for me, it made me more, uh, confident there's something happened. I could handle myself. Um, of course, there's times where that's not going to help you, so, which is where you have to John Wick it and, <laughs> and have <laughs> to do other means to protect yourself, you know, but yeah, yeah in terms of, of uh, for me, jujitsu, just, yeah, more confident, more knowing that at the end of the day, something happens, you don't stress about it as much. Um, Cause you know, you're going to be able to protect them. Um it's more for my girls. It's made me more aware of how uh, important it is for them to learn it. Um, some of my classmates, you know, my teammates, they I've had uh, – uh, her name is Skylar. She's a buck 15, and if I'm not on my A game, she's destroying me. So that's one of the reasons for me that once I started, I was like, yeah, man, I can be the protector all I want, but you guys are doing this to protect yourselves. So – I think it makes a big impact on, in my opinion, uh, the male ego. Cause I know for me, it very much has leveled me out and shown me like, if you don't train, you're going to go out there and think you're Billy badass. If you've trained and I'm pretty sure David can attest to this. You're going to have run into guys who think they've watched one video on YouTube and now they're ready to rock. And then when they find someone that's actually trained and is training it's like you're you're more than like i like dude just chill out relax but if they want to escalate it that's when you know you already I right, I got you and right. end it quickly <laughs> but that for me is one of the aspects that comes in handy when you know like jiu-jitsu boxing muay thai wrestling is when you get one of those guys who never trained you can you know if it comes down to it it's going to be over in a minute
0: okay one, one bonus question i have with that, and anyone could chime in on this too. So knowing that more and more kids are kind of learning like martial arts early on, do you think that's just as beneficial? Do you think it's also detrimental just as it is beneficial? Because there are videos where like kids go into high schools and, you know, they will still getting like a little altercation. But now you do have these little trained individuals going against normal high schoolers who've never been exposed. So what is, because um, as we have met, kind of mentioned too, like being bullied and stuff, like when we're younger, we didn't really have to worry about that threat of being bullied by actual martial artists as well, because like, I think it comes with, um, you know, like this, the typical Spider-Man quote that he, you know, with every power comes great responsibility. I hate to be that guy, but I had to, but it's like, how do we ensure that <laughs> individuals are gonna be using it correctly and not abusing it, you know?
2: And anyone could chime in on that one bro i think um i would say, i would say my opinion is like <laughs> it's almost like gun law yeah you know i mean you, you you go to like texas you rarely see anybody get shot because everybody has guns you know so i look at it the same way when, when you teach a kid martial arts you don't just teach them how to beat people up you teach them how to control itself. You teach them how to de-escalate situations. You teach them how to do a, a lot of those different things. And you, you right. have bullies sometimes that might be a perfect storm where you get one big buff bully that knows martial arts that is out of control, you know, and society has to deal with those type of people, but they're rare for the most part is going to help the smaller people that can't defend themselves, even the playing field, so they don't feel powerless
0: okay so yeah, overall, it's kind of like David shortening that. that gap that's what
3: you're saying mm-hmm. yeah i agree with that you know it's come to a point where if eventually all kids are trained uh you'll get that outlier of course it's just that big dick-headed kid but uh if everyone knows how to train everyone's trained you'll have a lot less of uh, that that you know that escalation Okay. And I, I think eventually
1: that that one dickhead kid is going to end up picking a fight with somebody who's far superior at martial arts than he is. So it's almost like yeah. we're kind of hoping for that certain point to happen. somebody that's better than them. You know, it, it doesn't matter how good you are at martial arts, you're always going to confront somebody that's going to be ultimately much better than them. True.
0: That's true.
1: And, okay. And I, I think martial arts has a way of, you know, um, one way or another, you know, balance is
0: going to be found. Okay, I like that. Well, let me, let me pivot to Will a little bit, too, because um, this kind of ties into Will's personal question, because um, we both talked about being instructors, and I know with you, you actually work a lot with the kids at the Extreme Tour Program. Like, what have you been able to, to kind of, like, take away from that experience and, like, seeing both the youth into the same gym with adults practicing and just kind of getting better at their, you know, their own particular skills?
4: A good question. Um, quick point of clarification. So I uh, started helping with the kids class right before I got my blue belt, um, almost three years ago. And then, uh, when we shut down for COVID, um, it took me a kind of a long time to actually get back to extreme couture, even after getting the vaccine and stuff like that. So, um, at that point, too, you know, my my work had pivoted to work from home, and um, I was training mostly in garages, and I still kind of am, and um, so I'm actually not helping with kids' class now anymore. I showed up, like, for a, a quick celeb class not too long ago, and it was really great to see the kids again, and um, I'll stop by, like, if I'm hitting up, like, a boxing class in the evening and stuff like that, but I'm not actively helping with uh, kids' class instruction anymore, but I did for, you know, like, almost three years, so... In terms of um, you know stuff that I noticed, uh, like trends or the way that the kids develop and and all of that, you know, you, you said in comparison or alongside adults, and it's I think it's actually a really interesting thing to look at, which is, um, and this is like an ad, an, an advocation for uh, getting every kid into martial arts, which is kind of what we're talking about, right? Um, when you take a when you take like a like an eight year old and you throw him into jujitsu because you saw that he kind of liked a rough house. I've never seen a happier little kid than, than some little kid who just kind of likes to wrestle around a little bit, you know, likes to get physical, and then you put him in an environment where that's all you're doing and not all you're learning. Um, I've never seen a happier little kid than kids who like to put their hands on you in the first place, uh, cause, just because it's fun, you know, not maliciously. And then you go tell them, yeah, go try and you know get up off your back or go try and make sure this kid can't put his chest to your chest or whatever you say, right? Um, <clears throat> and, I, and I think you see that a lot less with adults. E- even adults who start in jiu-jitsu after wrestling, um, I don't know. It's just like that that little bit of extra spark that kids carry with them into things that they really enjoy. I think that that really helped me to – fall even more in love with grappling when you see a little kid who likes being there in the first place when they learn how to do something new and then rounds start that day and like when a little kid hits the move of the day and they're just like beaming about it you're just like how like how can you not be happy like right, right. That they're happy about doing the thing you just showed them and then they try it's such a positive feedback loop. so That was a real big thing for me that like made me want to keep going back to kids class too because the other aspect of kids class is that they're little kids and little kids don't always listen and they you know don't always get it and they can be a lot harder to show stuff to than adults um just because you know it's it's harder to teach them sometimes and and all that um behavioral issues whatever so so yeah i don't know um could talk about it a lot but but uh i think I think everyone along at least their jujitsu journey as they progress through belts, I think everyone to get to black belt should at least be able to teach. And I think a lot of people should be made to help teach. Um, it just because I think it gives you a fresh perspective when you have to work with people who don't know what they're doing and it's like on you to make them get it. And then when you up the ante and they're little kids, I think it all, I think not only is it a greater challenge, but also it like it did for me, can help you really become reinvigorated with the sport in the first place.
0: So no, I like that. Honestly, I think the move of the day kind of it kind of brings me back to it. like getting that gold star in school too. You know, just that little moment of just, you know, being recognized and showing that they're growing and improving. Yeah, and i say, like, even if you haven't been doing the instruction recently, the impact that you had on those individuals and like those kids that's still going to be long lasting, you know, because we actually had a good conversation about that and kind of explaining, like, um, right. you know, some of the feedback you got from both the students as well as the parents and seeing that kind of brightness that you're kind of instilling into the next generation I think is something that's very beneficial.
4: Yeah, when you take the kids to a tournament. You know, even if you're just sitting in the chair yelling, like, keep your hands on the belly, keep your hands on the belly after they got a takedown and they're stuck in some kid's guard or something like that. You know, you come back and then all the kids like make you cards and all the parents are like, oh, thanks so much for this weekend. You're like, damn, dude, like, yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay," (laughs) you know, like that makes that made me feel amazing like that. I still have the cards.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah, I love it. See, I think that you've gotten to experience is like being instructed that's like right there with them. Because like I think even through like this education, like K through 12, there's not enough student, not students, instructors that are heavily involved to kind of you know give those thumbs up when you need it, to give those high fives. And I think being in that kind of situation kind of allows you to be there for them. And also this is on top of them going to school. Like you get to be a fun part of their day after they go through, you know, the fun, not the fun, but the, the worst part of the day as a kid. As a kid. <laughs> okay, so what I'll do is I'll it. To you, Dave, Dave M. Mozgadi. So, like, um, what was your experience like training in Thailand, and what are some of the key cultural differences that you've kind of experienced going from over there in actual Thailand and bringing it back over to the, uh, Western culture? Uh, Dave, you might be on mute right now.
1: <laughs> no, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's that's kind of a loaded question. That's a lot to explain um I one of the biggest things over there i think muay thai is very it's very spiritual actually um and i I think some of the key motives for fighting for muay thai fighters in thailand versus like mma fighters over here i think it's i think i think it's pretty different um you know, uh, uh, another thing, there's no ring girls in Thailand. There's no, um, there's no like sense of uh, glamour in, in a lot of the matches over there. Um, you know, like, like a lot of times when you want to fight, you know, the ref will just raise your hand and then that's it. You just get out of the ring and you go home. There's not like, um, there's not like a celebration. There's not, um, you know, you, you're not going to, you know, celebrate necessarily. It's kind of, it's, it's different. Versus, like, 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 I feel, I feel like over here, you know, um, it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty different. Um, and, and yeah, Th- Thailand culturally, it's, it's, it's a wickedly different place than here in America.
0: Well, would you say like knowing, knowing that we kind of have much more of like a flashy approach in the states, and there's a lot more entertainment behind it. Do you think that takes away Uh from the purity of the art itself?
1: Um, not necessarily. Um, I, 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 I mean, define the purity of the art.
0: Let me say say the last part one more time.
1: All right. Sorry. So you, you asked if, if I, if I feel like, like it takes away the purity of the art, like the flashiness and the entertainment side of things over here. Um, and I, I mean, not, not necessarily. I mean, I think you would uh, like, like, like define the purity of the art. Um, I, I, I think, I think, I, I think everyone fights ultimately for different reasons. Um, I, I think just traditionally over there in Thailand, you know, people get in the ring and it's a spiritual journey. Um, you, you know, like, like, like when you're doing your Y crew, when you're dancing, this is, this is a, um, it's a humbling thing. It's, it's, I mean, you're, you're, you're on more of like a spiritual path and it's not – this isn't about me getting in the ring. This isn't my ego. I'm not going in here to dominate another human being. Um, it's not your ego that's driving you forward to win a match necessarily. Versus, I, I feel like I feel like, and I've never fought over here in the United States, but I, I just feel like, like grappling in gyms and sparring with people and going to matches over here. I feel like, uh, you know, a, a lot of fighters are getting in the ring, maybe may, maybe for their ego, or or, may, or maybe that's what's driving them forward, like like in a Conor McGregor type of sense, you know. Um, right. I I just don't feel like I feel like you know you meet a lot of people. Like Conor McGregor fighting over here in the United States. But I just feel like I've never in a Muay Thai gem ever met someone with some huge ego or someone who was infatuated with himself. It's not something that I ever encountered. Um,
0: do, you, um, do you kind of miss like seeing that like on the um, like even in terms of like the events and everything, seeing how MMA is kinda of going more towards like the entertainment route? Um, Maybe like with one FC, they kind of preserved it pretty well, but it definitely seems yeah. like the UFC will becoming a little bit more entertainment
4: based. You know,
1: I, I'm not I'm not upset with that. I think the UFC is going to do what they you know what they the what they need to do ultimately as a business. You know, they know how to market their company. They know um, what's going to get pay per view buys, and I think that ultimately the UFC as a promotion and the fighters that are fighting in it will. Promote whatever's going to get the most ticket sales. Um, ha, like, like, uh, I mean, in Thailand, it's just it's just not the same thing. I, I think that those types of promotions are somewhat uh, frowned upon culturally. That that kind of makes sense. And, and I'm I'm sorry if it doesn't. Like, it's, it's just like trying to like uh, uh, sum up. Two and a half year experience and like their culture, and you know what it means that that's pretty hard to put into context.
0: Can you guys hear me okay? There's a little bit of activity in the background, so I just want to make sure. Okay,
4: yeah, yeah.
2: Can you hear the dog in the background? What was that? Can you hear the dog in the background?
0: A little bit, but not not too much. you good. Okay. So, today, um, so Jordan, I have one personal question for you, and then I have one closing out question for everybody. Um, your question kind of has already been covered. We were talking about, like, um, the longevity of you doing, like, um, wrestling for such a long like a long time since we were a kid and everything. So I will say, kind of make it vary a little bit from what we already discussed. Like, what have you taken away from that entire experience? <laughs> like, what would you say kind of was amazing that you gathered, like, even now as an adult, that wrestling has kind of given you that most individuals would not have received without going through that kind of process? So we do know that wrestling is one of the more strenuous um, sports you can do in high school compared to a lot of the other ones in terms of, like, you know, the physicality of it, the making weight process and all of that. So knowing that you've been doing that so consistently throughout um, your life, what have you been able to take away from
2: it? Um. Yeah. I mean, I kind of went over it toward the beginning, you know, with the aspects of learning how to lose. But um, I guess with wrestling, I would say fighting in general, like, and and I'll I'll use it because I was, what, 20 years in wrestling, but 11 years into fighting as well. So I'll just kind of go over everything all at once. I think that, Um I learned that like sometimes, like substance is what makes you win, but substance doesn't always draw, um, substance doesn't always make you money, if that makes sense. So when you're going throughout your life, like you have to, and you're going through the fields, the various fields, maybe business, whatever, like stay marketing. You 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 have a good product. That complete circle for that product has to do with yes, you have substance, but man, how do I bring people into the door? You know, and it's like a complete circle where I have to have somebody that's great at doing some great instructors, great whatever, but also have to have a great way to promote my brand that's going to bring attention to it. If that makes sense, and over my career. That's something that I learned. You can't be like everybody else. You can't think that just because you're good at something, that's where the the buck is. In life, you need the complete circle if you want to be successful. So um, I think that's one thing that I did learn. It's not just, oh, I got good at what I'm doing. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Now, can you apply that? Okay, now that you applied it, how can I get people to relate to it? If that makes sense. And I, I, I've kind of understood that. And, you know, I'm implementing that with, you know, some of the things in my personal life that I'm doing now. But it took me a a while to understand that. And I had to, you know, and you can't be sensitive um, when when it comes to yourself. You have to be able to ask like deep questions, like, oh, I'm beating everybody up. I'm knocking everybody out. Why haven't I, I don't know, gotten the shot at UFC yet? Or something like that. Yeah, you know I mean, I could be sensitive about it and just be bitter. Or I could be like, okay, uh well, that dude's not as good as me, but he got a whole country. So he got you know, ninety thousand followers because he has a country even though he's garbage, you know. So, you know, I kinda found out that that's more of the driving factor of success. What you can market, not necessarily how good you are. Just that circle, that's what I
0: learned. Okay, I like that. So definitely gonna give, it kind of gave you additional like um, business skills on top of just like the, the physicality and fighting. Right.
4: Okay. Right hand up, uppercut.
0: just got on my chill. Called up my homie Brent to see what be the deal. What you trying to do? I'm just trying to heal. Hella floated, never bloated what I'm trying to feel. Hop in the whipping.